Alaska's newsmakers. Action Line KINY. And good morning, everybody. You are listening to Action Line on KINY. I am your host, Jordan Lewis. Joining me in the studio today, I have Don Etheridge and Matthew Cresswell. Joining me with Docs and Harbors. How are you both doing today? Very well, thank you. Good, Jordan. Thanks. Good. I'm glad to have you guys in here. I know we were originally supposed to talk uh, last week, but I had uh, some issues with my scheduling, and so things kind of got rearranged. But you're here now, and uh, luckily the ice fog has lifted. That was a fun to deal with this one. <laughs> Quite slick on Egan this morning. I just thought it was funny how like I left to get food earlier, and I realized it was all just concentrated right on top <laughs> of the station. I was like, oh, well, isn't that just great? Right. <laughs> So we do have a couple of things to talk about. I know the first one, I kind of want to get this one uh, going now, which is I know there is a meeting. The board meeting is tomorrow? Tomorrow at 5 o'clock in room 224 in City Hall, Docks and Harbor's regular board meeting. All right. And so what are some of the big things that are coming up in that meeting tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow's going to be a pretty pretty easy meeting. We're going to talk about our bylaws that we've been working on with the legal department for a while and try to get those finalized. We're real close to that. So We'll be talking about that, and then uh, we have our annual letter to the assembly that gives a breakdown of what we've been up to and projects that we've worked on and what we're hoping to do. So we'll be passing that on to the assembly uh, after an approval from the board tonight. So that's the two biggest items. Okay. And so, I, like you said, I imagine, you know, that is a, an annual thing, just sending that letter to the assembly. Are there any particular big things in that? Or or that can be talked about, I should say it that way. Well, there's nothing that's really out of the way. We're talking about uh, the repairs to Aurora Harbor and some of the stuff that we've done at the uh, uh, boatyard, uh, getting our uh, boat uh, travel lift, uh, finally getting that one put back together like it's supposed to be. And we got that all finished up. Matt did a good job on uh, shepherding that and getting that done. And then uh, we've just talked about our budget and how we've been able to stay within our budget. And, yeah. and, and then our rate increase will, is in there, too. So Okay. Talk to me more about getting that lift working again. Hey, Jordan. So at the downtown boatyard, the boatyard right between Aurora and Harris Harbor, we lease that property from the University of Alaska, and we turn around and sublease it out to uh, Juno Marine Services, Harry Commercial Marine. Um, with that lease is a 35-ton, uh, what's called a travel lift. It's a straddle carrier for boats. Um, vitally important piece of equipment in the Juno Maritime community, both uh, commercial fishing vessels, recreational vessels. Um, even the Coast Guard utilizes their service. That travel lift's a little long in the tooth. It was getting old. Um, some deferred maintenance uh, had been missed over the years, and there was just a lot of one major repair and a lot of small repairs to be done to that travel lift. Um, and we decided that it was in Docks and Harbors and the community's best interest to go ahead and turn the switch and get these repairs done. The main repair was what's called a uh, we had to put in a new trunnion bearing, trunnion pin, um, which essentially holds the whole machine together at the top and allows it to, uh, to flex as needed and not. That pin was very well worn and seized in position. We contracted with a company called Kendrick Equipment. They sent a tech up. They ordered all the parts. Um, he was on site for seven days working on that travel lift. We also worked with Chicano Construction for crane support and welding support. Turned out to be a very big job. That pin would not come out as it was designed to do. And then we involved Tyler Rental for, uh, we sent the parts into them to be lined, bored, and honed. So a new pin would go in and uh, get the machine back together. 
He got done just in the nick of time, Sunday, the whatever that was, the Sunday before Thanksgiving. We had the blizzard on Monday morning. He was able to uh, fly back out to his home base first thing Monday morning before the storm got bad. And now we have a completely working travel lift that has many more years of useful life left in it. So we're really happy that after several years of trying to find a vendor that could do the work and uh we we just made it happen we finally said here we go let's do it so we're, we're extremely pleased that that machine is back up and running and will be able to serve the community for a, a good long time to come gotcha two follow-up questions on that one not as serious as the other firstly so when you, you're describing it as a pin like how large is this piece that we're talking about 4.448 inches i think is what the hole had to be bored out to um and then the pin's probably 18 inches 24 inches actually no it's longer than that it's a couple feet long it's several hundred pounds it's one pin that's several hundred pounds okay because it's 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 always interesting here when you those kinds of repairs are like it's this one piece and you're like how big a piece are we talking is it like the bulk of it or is it like one smaller portion so hearing it described that way i'm like it's still a sizable piece but it's not maybe as big as i was probably thinking and it that was. part was actually kind of funny because they bored it out with a uh, tolerance of three thousandths of an inch and that was done in the shop out of tyler and the parts came back and when they came back just overnight the difference in temperature caused the pin not to fit because of the, uh, the 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 difference in temperature outside and we actually had to hone another thousandth out of the the hole so the pin would go in so very tight tolerances is what what we need i see if i was still in the lab i'd be like that's acceptable i'm not in the lab anymore i'm like that is ridiculous because <laughs> <laughs> it, it's such a small margin of error right especially you know, you're talking the thousandth of something yep you oh my but when you look at that pin that's the main structure of the whole thing holding it together it holds the two sides together so that it don't just fall out or fall in <laughs> oh, now my other question is so considering it needed to be repaired how long had it been since that sort of level of maintenance had been done to the to the lift you know jordan we i've been with the department since january of 2016 we, at that same time, was when we started our computerized asset management or maintenance tracking program. We don't have detailed maintenance records of, of previous work because we weren't tracking it electronically. So that's a question that I cannot answer very well. Okay. It just had me curious. because <laughs> And the reason why is because you clearly described how important of a part it is to then have to do that maintenance. It makes me wonder how long it had been since it had been didn't last checked. Maybe I'll have to follow up on that later and see if we can find anything. Right. So my next sort of question, and I don't think we'll be able to hit, now we'll be a pretty decent bit of it, is wanted to follow up with, there was that boat that had sank because of the weather on the 20th, and I did see, and we talked about before the show, that that is out now. How would that process go? How would the process of getting that back out of the water go? <laughs> yeah, Jordan. So uh, last Monday during the, the storm that we had, had a, uh, I don't know, 30-some-odd-foot wooden uh, trolling vessel in Harris Harbor at the end of three float. Uh, vessel was past the end of its useful life. Uh, something happened with the wind and beating it on the dock or something, we're not sure. Caused the vessel to sink. Our staff found it in their morning inventory and dock walk. Um, it was sitting on the bottom. Uh, at the time, owner was not able to be uh, contacted. The vessel was uninsured. The Coast Guard. Thank goodness for our great partners with the Coast Guard and Alaska Department of Environmental Conservation. They stepped in. Uh, vessel was known to have 20 to 50 gallons of diesel fuel on it. They opened the oil spill liability trust fund to pay to raise the vessel and remove the pollutants. 
and we piggybacked on with them since they were raising the vessel we were able to get the vessel towed over across the channel get it craned out yesterday so that the boat came out of the water on monday yesterday all the pollutants were removed from the vessel and the vessel is slated for disposal this week so it just it's a great community effort to see our our local contractors cooks construction molinos marine services um, the Coast Guard, DEC, Tricano Construction, Docks and Harbors. It's truly a Herculean effort to get something like this to happen in a hurry, and we got it done, mitigated the pollution threat, the vessel is out of the water and slated for disposal. Gotcha. Now, I also imagine that because of all that extreme weather we had on that Monday, that kind of led to, I believe, because I think you talked with Jazz about it, uh, reminding folks to tie up their vessels properly or checking on them, I think it was. I have a saying, a a tight line's a happy line, especially your spring lines. And, uh, you know, so often we concentrate on reminding people to check their bilges and uh, check for snow load. But checking your your top job, your lines, is just as important because in a wind event, it's not the water that we worry about on deck or in the bilge or snow. It's it's the vessel being loose and beating itself up against the dock that can off, which is what happened, we assume, happened with this one Um, once a vessel beats itself up enough eventually especially a wooden vessel water is going to find a way in and then the vessel's going to sink gotcha and then before we kind of wrap up this half of the show i did want to just kind of do a final follow-up with how things were how were things with for docks and harbors during that blizzard event on last monday jordan when, when things like this happen of course we're i'm a weather geek myself so I, I spend a lot of my time sitting in my recliner reading the forecast discussion uh, every morning the national weather service updates a forecast discussion a long text version of the weather and i pay this time of year i pay very close attention to it first thing i read in the morning then about five o'clock in the evening i read it and uh so we were we were really tracking it as, as it was updating especially when it changed to a blizzard warning on sunday evening um so it was all hands on deck most important thing for us, number one, is the safety of our staff and our customers on the dock. So if it's too bad, we don't go out. But we were able to get out on the docks that morning. It was it was blowing at the time when that boat, we found that boat sank. We had just had a 76-mile-an-hour gust downtown. and uh, But it was safe enough with uh, proper PPE and life jackets and ice cleats that staff could make a check of the boats. Um, but that's kind of our priority. Our priority is make sure everything's safe first and uh, make sure we don't have any active sinking vessels, and then we start worrying about snow removal. Gotcha. On that, we will move into our break. When we come back, the next topic I want to hit is the Harris Harbor Security Gate. So when we come back, that's what we will be talking about. You are listening to Action Line on KINY. And we are back with more Action Line on KINY. I'm still your host, Jordan Lewis. Now, Toward the end of the break, I said that I want to talk about the Harris Harbor Security Gate next because that's been a... a Talking about that has kind of been something we've done for the last couple of shows here. And I actually see that in this month's timeline, you actually included a diagram of that gate. So talk to me more about that. We've, uh, we're, we're doing an experimental is what we're looking at on this one to make see if it makes a, a major difference on what happens in, in, uh, as far as for the uh, uh, harbor security and people just wandering the harbor doing bad things down there. So we're trying to to stop that, and slow it down, or make it ha- not happen nearly as much as it has been in the past. So this is an idea that uh, we came up with, and Harris Harbor only has the one ramp, so we picked that one to to do the experiment on, and we're having a uh, gate system 
that's got uh, a key fob that uh, will be able to get down at night through that key fob system and it'll be open during the daytime for people to come and go during the daytime but uh, it's just a, a, an experiment that we're going to try and, and see if it makes a difference in the harbors and uh, it should go in sometime after the first of the year it's being uh, built right now and then then they'll install it after we get it built and we're gonna see what it does okay and what hearing that kind of leads you to that question of so say once it gets put in you know it does it does show some success it does show the desired result of it would they you then apply that to the other harbors as well that's what uh, we'll be discussing to see how well it works and if it works as we are uh, uh, thinking it should we we will uh, slowly do it because it's pretty expensive uh, projects that we're doing there so we will uh, eventually probably wind up getting there if we if we don't uh, um, if we do think it's going to work right we will we'll try to and look at it again at that point so Okay. Now, in the, the large reason for why I asked it is I know back when we were discussing it originally, there was a lot of responses that seemed hesitant about the idea of the gate being installed because I know a lot of folks like to wander down there, which is why I understand that that's probably part of the reason why it's just going to be open during the day. But do you see some of those same concerns rising again? I would say probably more so now that the gate's actually getting put up now. Well, I'm hearing uh, from both sides um, pros and cons and there's those that are in the middle I'm not too sure if I really want this but I lost this off of my boat I lost that off my boat and I think with the fact that that we're going to keep it open during the daytime for access I think it'll be be okay but just shutting it down at night uh, we get a lot of undesirables that are wandering the harbors at night and uh, we're, we're hope that uh, this will keep them out and uh, slow down some of the uh, the theft that happens at the harbors, it's it's dropped off dramatically just by having the the uh, night guy wandering through the harbors all the time. It really made a major difference. But we're hoping that this will step up one more step. We're going to have cameras there at it so that we can see if there's a problem that we'll know who it was and. It, and all of that so and I, I like to Jordan I like to think of it as just another layer in our security system we've got our you know live security watch we have cameras granted cameras only tell you that something happened they don't tell you when it's happening because they're passive then you got the gate you've got patrons that live on their boats or down in the harbors letting us know of things that are happening so when you take everything as you add more layers we're, we're just naturally hopefully going to get more secure and the big one with this one is you know, we've got to figure out, in the, especially in the summertime when we have transient vessels coming in and out, we think we have a plan for how we're able to get a code to them. We'll have a rolling code where they can come in and out of the harbors until the next day when they come in the office and get a key fob, or they'll have a code that's good for the duration of their stay. It's going to be several ways of getting in and out of that gate after hours, and we've just got to, it's going to be kind of a trial and error. That's why we're happy that it's going in early in the year. We can hopefully get it all ironed out by the busy boating season. Gotcha. And I will say there are some cameras you can get that tell you when stuff's happening actively because they'll ping you when there's motion. It's just then that probably wouldn't work great for a harbor when the water is constant motion. <laughs> when you have 40 or 50 cameras, uh, 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 an alert every time there's motion, is, uh, it'd be a constant alert. Yes. <laughs> 
But I did figure I would mention that real quick. Now, I also see there is another update on the Aurora Harbor rebuild. Do you want to talk on that one? Yeah, Jordan. So uh, this is big news. This is uh, this is long time coming. Um, Aurora Harbor rebuild phase three is slated to kick off uh, actually in a couple weeks. Uh, floats are being fabricated now. Uh, Chicano Construction received that uh, contract for the $4.25 million project. It's going to replace H float. There will be it'll replace the H float gangway and landing float, a section of the headwalk. And then there will be 60-foot stalls on the north side of H-Float. Bids came in really high on this just due to price increases. So we're not, at this time, for Phase 3, we're not, allowed, we're not able to add the fingers on the south side. But we are tracking very well for the next and final phase, we hope, which will be Phase 4. And within Phase 4, if all goes as planned and we receive our Alaska uh, Harbor Grant, for $5 million, we have $5 million in hand through the uh, 1% sales tax initiative to match that grant with. So hopefully for a 10 or $11 million project, we can finish out Aurora Harbor and add those fing- missing fingers on the south side of uh, H-Float. We are, we've applied for that Phase 4 grant, and we will know in the spring, hopefully, uh, when the legislature is back in session, if we are successful. And if we are and all the stars align, we could be in construction for that project as early as next winter to finish out Aurora Harbor. But um, cautiously optimistic on that one. I don't know for sure that it's going to happen, but uh, I would really love to have that project done and have Aurora Harbor completely rebuilt. Yes, well, I'm, I would say I've already been on the optimism train all day. So I will Let's stay on it. I will grant you that. I will make sure you can feel more optimistic on that. Now, I do also, I'm looking at my... Uh, Look at my timeline here. Ah, uh, yes, the power. Let's talk about that one. Because I know everyone had a lot of things to say about the Douglas <laughs> Harbor not having power. <laughs> so, Jordan, my number one priority since last Monday at 5 o'clock, roughly, has been getting power back on to the entirety of Douglas Harbor. Sometime during the storm, Friday afternoon, or month, last Monday afternoon, we had a power outage in Douglas Harbor. Um, it was a docks and harbors issue, not an ALMP issue. It turns out after extensive troubleshooting, we, we mobilized our term contractor electricians. Chatham Electric came in. We spent all day Tuesday troubleshooting, and it was around noon on Wednesday when it was finally realized that the problem was the main breaker, which feeds the entire harbor, which is in the electrical distribution panel up in, in the parking lot, had failed. Um, it sounds pretty simple that, oh, it's a breaker. You just pull it out, replace it. It's not. That, uh, that single breaker is about a $15,000 part. Um, they're not readily available on the shelf. Uh, we Thank goodness we were able to work with our term contractor. They did a nationwide search, found one. It arrived in Anchorage yesterday uh, and then was Gold Street straight to Juneau. As we speak, ALMP has performed a main disconnect. All the harbor is off in Douglas Harbor right now. They are replacing that breaker. And as soon as I get done here, I'll be headed down that way. We're going to start rolling power back on as long as all goes well. And while we're on the optimism train, I'm going to just say hopefully by 2 p.m. today, all power is back on in Douglas. That would close the book on on this one, and and we could have everybody back up. We are uh, just met with my admin staff. Anybody paying docks and harbors for electricity versus ALMP, we are providing refunds for our, our credits for the time that they did not have power. Gotcha. And let's just, and I think 
very good thing to be optimistic about getting the power back. I know that's been a little rough for the last couple of days. We've been <laughs> keeping an eye on that too. So it's good to hear that. We'll, and again, optimism train will be good to go later today. If not, you know what? No, not even going to say if not. <laughs> don't, don't it, say, no, it no is, it is going to be good. <laughs> well, I think uh, we do have a little bit of time left here. So is there anything else that either of you would like to add? I would like to give a quick shout out to Miss Leah Norm, our uh, administrative assistant out at Statter Harbor. She was awarded the uh, Docks and Harbors Employee of the Quarter for uh, July through September. Miss Norm is an extremely important part of our uh, our success in our organization, and she is so well deserving of that award. So congratulations. I think that uh, all of our employees should be getting awards because they've they've been on top of this and and uh, even. Mm -hmm. Our, our illustrious harbor master was harbor master of the year this year and uh, i'll give autographs in a little bit oh yeah okay i was looking for one thanks yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no they they do a fine fine job of trying to keep the harbors going as much as they're spread out and things are falling apart every now and then so but kudos to them all right on that thank you both for coming on it's always nice checking in with what's going on over at docks and harbors You've been listening to Action Line at KINY. Action Line. Weekday mornings. Action Line. If it happens in Southeast, you'll hear it on Action Line. KINY.